0: Listening to Shot Callers with Kyle Branding and Joe McCucci, part of the 48 Minutes Podcast Network. What is going on, everybody? Welcome to a 48 Minutes free agency Palooza crossover event. Uh, I am Joe McCucci from the Shot Callers, joined as always by my guy, Kyle Brandon. But today we are also joined by our fellow 48 teammates. Uh, over from the bench, Bob, we've got Sean Mackey and Tim Daniels. Sean and Tim, how are you guys doing tonight?
1: What's Wonderful. up, man? So happy to be here with you guys.
0: Yeah, yeah we got a lot to cover. And, uh, Kyle as well. How are you? I don't think I forgot about you,
2: buddy. <laughs> I'm good. Good. <laughs> I right. feel um, like you good forgotten about. <laughs> <laughs> nah, Listen, we're
0: just, we're just, I'm just trying to be a gracious host. You know, you, you know, Kyle. I see him all the time. I don't get to talk to you guys as much. Um, but hey, real quick, before we get into anything. If you have not already, make sure you are following us over at Twitter, over at 48 Minutes Network. You're subscribed to our YouTube channel. We don't have a custom URL yet because we need 100 subscribers to do that. I'll have the link in the description of this episode. Click that. Go hit subscribe. We've been putting out some videos over the last couple weeks. Going to get a lot more going as the off season starts. Check that out. But the real reason we're here tonight besides me promoting our social media stuff Let's talk about free agency, and it has been busy, busy, busy. A lot of teams making a lot of moves, Uh, and pretty much right at the get-go at 6 p.m. on Monday night, there was no team that really made more aggressive moves than the Miami Heat. Getting Kyle Lowry on a three-year deal for approximately $90 via sign-and-trade with Toronto for Goran Dragic and Precious Achua. They also get Jimmy Butler signing a four-year, $184 million max extension. They also bring back Duncan Robinson for five years, $90 million with an uh, option after year four. And they had a couple other pieces as well, including P.J. Tucker, retaining Gabe Vincent, Dwayne Dedman, and Markeith Morris. Kyle, how you feeling about the Heat going into the rest of this week?
2: I feel great about them. The, the Heat should feel great about the team that they have. They went from um, – a team that was in the finals two years ago. Um, Last year was a bit of a struggle getting swept by the bucks, but it looks like they're going to be right up there in the mix. Um, They got guys that are ready to compete. This team has clear, clear chemistry. You you can tell that these guys are going to, are going to gel really well. Um, I mean, these guys are just all underdogs their whole career. Pretty much all of them have been. Lowry was drafted late. Duncan Robinson was undrafted. Um, signs the largest contract of anyone for an undrafted person. Jimmy Butler, we all know his story. The two-star recruit getting kicked out of his house at the age of thirteen. He wasn't supposed to be where he is. Um, just this whole team is just a bunch of dogs. Um, and and I think that they're gonna they're gonna make a tough run. PJ Tucker, you know he's a dog too. Um, Bam Adebayo is always in the mix for Defensive Player of the Year. So they're going to obviously, obviously be one of the better defensive teams in the league. Offensively, though, they improve um, by adding Kyle Lowry. He's going to be better offensively and defensively than Goran Dragic. Um, He's got a lot of versatility where he can, you know, he can kind of get through his spots, weave in and out the – in and out the defense. He's a better three-point shooter than Dragic is. Um, As far as a defender goes, he's a better on-ball defender than Dragic. He leads the league in charges pretty much every year, putting his body out there. Um, Overall, I mean, he is just a clear, clear upgrade in almost every way to Dragic, and that's not a knock on Dragic. Dragic, uh, I mean, he was an all-star just a couple years ago. We, We know who he is. Um, he's always in the mix as far as, you know, the Olympic games go and all of that. So um, definitely not a knock on him. It's more of just a, a testament to who Lowry is. And, and and now you have a team that has the ability to lock you down defensively with a Lowry hero Robinson uh, front court, right? They can go Lowry hero Robinson with Jimmy and Bam, or if they want to lock you down, they could put hero on the bench still have Robinson out there so they'll still have the best shooter on the court but they'll have Jimmy Tucker Bam and Lowry and and that team's just going to lock you down so so this team just really has a lot of versatility um and and I like their I like their chances you know near the top of the east
0: yeah I I mean I think with Miami the one thing I'm really looking at especially after um, what we see happening with the sign and trade and then committing to Duncan Robinson. They don't get rid of Tyler Hero. I think this shows that the Heat are committing to Robinson and Hero returning to their bubble form. We kind of saw them both have a bit of a regression last season. So I think the shooting of Robinson and Hero is – that's going to be a huge swing factor for just how far this team can go. But uh, Sean and Tim, how are you guys feeling about Miami You know, after making uh, – Really, just a overhaul of moves.
1: Well, I think you can tell by the fact that the hats that Sean and I are wearing that we're definitely Jimmy Butler stands
0: of <laughs>
2: for life, uh, yeah.
1: for life, straight NWO style. Bull, um,
2: Bulls hats for the podcast listeners. <laughs> <laughs> I don't
1: know if they'll see this on YouTube or TikTok. <laughs> I feel like I can't say TikTok without saying like I'm forty. But yeah, um, yeah. Um, I I love everything that he did. I think that, you know, like, like Joe said, like, it's great that they have that confidence still in hero and Robinson to kind of return to bubble form, the team that helped them get to the finals. Um, Getting PJ Tucker is terrific because we just saw him in the finals really take on a lot of the toughest defense assignments you could find. I mean, he guarded Kevin Durant, he guarded, you know, I mean, he was guarding with John Collins and in the finals, like there were stretches when they were using him on Aiden when Giannis was kind of just like playing center field and hovering around the paint. So I love them getting P.J. Tucker. I think that's great. But really, I think that um, I know he gets a lot of shit, and a lot of people joke about him, and I I do too. Um, Markeith Morris is a really good gift for this team. Uh, if you look at that bubble playoffs, he played really well for the Lakers when they needed him. I uh, really liked how Frank Vogel kind of used him in that rotation. So Eve Morris is a guy who's proven that, unlike his brother, he can win at the next level. And... <laughs> Uh, has a lot of talent, a lot of skill set. So I think Keith is a really good get for them. Uh is obviously gonna be tremendous for them as far as like facilitating to get those guys shots. So I think this heat team's really exciting. The fact that this the top of the East is getting busier is really fun considering we've you know we've lived in a life I mean, all of us we're all fairly young. We've lived in a lifetime where the West has really dominated for like Yeah ever. So to see this group of East teams between them, Brooklyn and Milwaukee, uh kind of make some steps forward is pretty exciting.
0: I yeah. where do you guys where do you guys see them falling in the landscape of the East? I know uh, I probably would say they're a top three, top four projected at worst. Um, but there's some naysayers that are thinking, oh, they just spent all this to get a six seed, which I think is crazy. But where do you guys see them falling in the Eastern Conference pecking order?
3: I see them at four right now. Um, they could get the three seed. I think that a lot of people – I don't know. I think that Kyle Lowry is – pretty much the perfect point guard to put on this team with somebody who is just a veteran all-star, you know, probably, I mean, could we say he's the best Toronto Raptor ever? Yeah, I've heard, heard,
0: yeah. I I think the way I heard it explained was Kyle Lowry is the greatest, like, player-wise Toronto Raptor of all time. Kawhi Leonard is the most impactful player for the Raptors (laughs) of all time. Sure. Carter is, like, the most, I don't – He, like, elevated the brand of the Raptor. Like, he's the most visual representative Raptor of all time. It's
1: very LeBron Wade Miami. Yes.
0: Exactly.
2: Lowry leads, like, every category, like, lifetime for them, except for scoring, where he's second behind DeRozan. So, I mean, Lowry is – I mean, the mayor of Toronto called him the best Raptor of all time.
1: (laughs) So did Joey Votto. Oh, you said the mayor of Toronto. I'm sorry. We got that. (laughs) up.
3: Yeah, the the only thing that concerns me about Kyle Lowry is is the age. Um, he hasn't slowed down at all. It's a lot of money to throw at somebody that's that old. I'm not going to throw a whole bunch of cold water on that though. Um, I I don't think they could have found a better fit. Um, him and Jimmy are buddies. I think uh, I think they're going to have, like like Joe said, instant chemistry on this team. I think it's going to be, um, it's going to be one of those things that just meshes very well. I think Tyler Hero is going to be able to come back, and I think. I don't know. I think the heat were just kind of burned out from last year. I really do. Yeah. They played so long and, um, and they played so hard and they just gritted their way to an NBA finals that nobody thought that they could have made. Um, so I'm, I'm very happy for this team. I think they, they should, I think their front office should be very happy. I think retaining Duncan Robinson was also huge. Um, he's one of the best shooters in the NBA and I think he's going to get better and, um, once again, we'll go back to uh, P.J. Tucker. I think getting P.J. Tucker, especially straight off that NBA championship, I think he's going to be so impactful. Um, he's just such a dog out there.
1: P.J. Tucker saw that locker room space that the Heat get that's always in those like famous videos, and he was like, I'm going to need two of these for shoes, so I got to play yeah. here.
2: Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> totally. Yeah, I, to- I totally agree. I think P.J. Tucker is going to be a huge impact. And when I think when we talk about like where they are in the East, I think that they might have the third best roster. They might have the fourth or fifth best roster, but to get through the East, you're going to have to get through KD and the Nets. You're going to have to get through Giannis and the Bucks, and you're going to have to get through Embiid and the Sixers. And that's where I think this team has strengths is because they have, those three players are some of the best players in the NBA, if not the best players in the NBA. I think KD and, and Giannis are the best too. But I think that Embiid is not far behind. And so I don't think that there's necessarily an answer for those guys. I think that their game is probably above having an answer to. But what can you do to slow them down? And I think that's where Miami is in a really good position. We, we remember P.J. Tucker against KD uh, last year's playoffs. He guarded him for 59 minutes. KD averaged 13 points a game, 45% from the field, and 11 turnovers in those 59 minutes. Last year, Miami played uh, the Sixers once, just once. Uh, Bam had 18 points, 12 boards, and eight assists. Embiid, six points, two rebounds in, in a game that Miami wins. Um, we've, seen, we've seen Bam be impactful against Giannis, again, two years ago, right? And that's, that's how they got to the finals. I think that when you look at the top teams – Miami is set up to, to have a good matchup. And, and at the end of the day, you don't win an NBA title by just having the best roster. You win it by winning your matchups. And I think that Miami doesn't have the best roster, but they have a really, really good shot at some of these matchups.
1: That's a great point. And I think the other thing that really sticks out about the combination of Lowry and Butler is once again, we have a Team USA connection. These guys were on the 2016 mm-hmm. gold medal team uh that i weirdly enough saw play in person um so you know i think that i didn't didn't put that together until like a few minutes ago and i was like oh yeah team usa strikes again that's
0: how they always get you <laughs> you just <laughs> that's how you always connect the dots it's like did they or did, yeah they did exactly <laughs> yeah. they yeah. did um yeah i i i'm begrudgingly very high on the heat going into the next season Which also leads me into the next team that I'm begrudgingly high on, the next team that really made a lot of moves those first couple days of free agency.
1: Just keep going. Have your moment.
0: Have your moment. (laughs) 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 The Chicago Bulls, Sean and Tim, your beloved Bulls, they made some great moves, and it takes a lot for me to say that because I hate the Bulls as a Pacers fan. I really do. But, man, Lonzo Ball, four years, $85 million via sign-and-trade with the Pelicans for Garrett Temple and Tomas Zanaransky. And then they had their their first little, hmm, where you kind of really were scratching your chin going, I kind of like this when they get Alex Caruso. They steal him away from the Lakers. Four years, $37 million. And then yesterday, yesterday was the one that really made you go, oh. They get DeMar DeRozan. Three years, eighty-five million via sign and trade with San Antonio for Thad Young, Alvaro Camino, and a future first rounder. I would, I would have to imagine, Sean and Tim, you both are feeling over the moon right now about the Bulls. You,
3: you have no idea, like how long we've been waiting <laughs> for some stuff to happen. Period. Yeah, because uh, the Bulls have sat on their hands for so long um they have not been in the playoffs this will be you know it'll be five years since they've made it to the playoffs last when they had the uh the three alphas year with rondo and butler um and Other it's times. yeah so and i mean that it, it feels way longer ago than than that but um i am so proud that this team was able to go out and and do what they done i don't know how they did it either um and mid-season last year uh they went out and they obtained uh vucevic um and him and him and Zach Levine didn't get to play too much. Zach caught COVID and, or, or had was under COVID protocol or whatever. And, and and they just, they didn't have time to really gel or anything, but like that was the first seed planted like at last trade deadline. So we were kind of like, okay, fine. That's cool. And then by the end of the season, I was kind of like, I still don't like this team. Um, Lonzo ball, I feel like was one of the top free agents this year. Um, if you're not going to count, if you're not going to count Kawhi Leonard, Mm -hmm. um, the fact that they were able to go out and get the top guy is the first time really that's happened since 2006 when they went after Ben Wallace. Um, and they had, they had one good year with them, which I'll always love. That was one of my favorite bull seasons, but, um, nonetheless, they ended up getting Lonzo in the door here for uh, four years, $85 million, which which um, I don't think we've seen the best of Lonzo Ball. He's been in bad situations, I think, pretty much his entire career. The first year that he was there, I feel like there was so much stuff about his dad out there. The Lakers, is LeBron coming? Is he not coming? And then he ends up coming, and LeBron's like, I don't want to play with this guy, really. So then he, you know, pretends like he's injured for a half year. So... Um, and. <laughs> That happened, <laughs> and you remember he gets he gets shipped off. He gets shipped off to New Orleans. Um, I don't think the fit was there either. Um, Lonzo wanted to come to Chicago, which is the most impressive thing about this whole thing. There's not very many players that want to come play in Chicago, but he wanted to come play there, and there was so much smoke for like such a long time because they tried to obtain him last year at the trade deadline. They couldn't do it, but they still went after him. They ended up getting him, and they didn't get him for really that much in the sign-and-trade um, that they had there. So uh, with Tomas Saranski and, and, and Garrett Temple, I, how? How did they even pull that off? Why did New Orleans go for that? We'll talk about that later, obviously, because yeah. <laughs> I, I have no idea what's going down there. But um, very, 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 very cool. Also, a couple hours later, they signed Alex Caruso, fan favorite, with the, with the Lakers. This guy – he he's probably one of the best on the ball defenders in the league right now. So and the fact that they were able to snag him away from the Lakers, I never in a million years thought he was going to come play in Chicago. But they got him and then they got him for what? 37 million? Yep. 4 years yeah, 37? Yeah,
0: 4 year 37.
3: Amazing. Amazing. That's a great person to throw on your bench. And then the DeMar DeRozan thing happened yesterday and at this point I'm like, "Oh my god."
1: <laughs> you guys should have made, seen you should have seen our text messages. Yeah.
3: It was <laughs> I Carnasovas, I don't know what's going on with that guy. I don't know if he's a hypnotist in real life or or what <laughs> to be able to get people to, you know, get these other teams to take these deals, but um Demar deRozan and they got rid of him and then they still keep Larry Markinen who they could use later on. Now that market's kind of drying up and I don't think much is going to happen with Markinen, and I feel like he's just going to end up, you know, signing the qualifying offer and end up playing with the team and it's going to be weird for a while, but whatever. But every Bulls fan out there should be totally soaked at this point. Uh, they are back. They made big market moves for the first time in probably ten years. Um, even even though this team looks a little disjointed on paper, um, with DeRozan, not a great three point shooter, but then you got Zach Levine, you got Lonzo Ball, good three point shooters. Um, you know, Vucevic is here. I'm ecstatic, guys.
0: Yeah, I, I think you guys have every <laughs> right to be. I mean, um, let's let's my- put this. Go okay. ahead, Joe. I'm sorry. No, you're fine. You're fine. Um, uh, It's your team, by all means, please. Get, get it all out. Get it all out. <laughs> well,
1: I was going to say, to put in the context of how far this has come, uh, Kyle sat next to Sean and I when we did our video on the 2019 draft. When we, I wore this exact hat, celebrated that they took Kobe White. And now we're talking about them having Lonzo Ball and DeMar DeRozan. So, like, to talk about yeah. just how far it's come. Um, you know, Caruso's great. Actually, I really like the Tony Bradley move today as far as a backup center. Yes. Um, you know, he's not spectacular by any means, but to get him on a minimum to be the backup for Vooch is great. And then, you know, Joe, we talked about it in a text last week. I, I really like the Ayo Donsumu pick in the second round. I don't yeah. necessarily think he's spectacular by any means, but I had him in the twenties on my board. I think I had him like 27, 28. So the bulls to get him 10 picks later is pretty awesome. Um, you know, it's fun. It's exciting because it's just like, we've been waiting for this for so long. Um, after, you know, If you remember when they traded for marketing, Sean and I literally went (sighs) and just were so distraught because we lost Jimmy Butler. And so now to be here, like talking about the Bulls potentially as a playoff team again, is pretty exciting. And uh, as far as the Rosen goes, I think the best part is like I wouldn't have been excited for that move. if It wasn't for getting Lonzo just to have the distribute to those guys. And the biggest thing I'm excited about is Patrick Williams kind of looking like now he's going to be like, oh, yeah, forgot to mention him. Forgot to mention him. He's the future of the Bulls now, and he's going to have these guys to grow with. Like, that's pretty exciting.
0: Yeah, actually, right before we hopped in this call, I was talking to Kyle um, because I was just – I was going back through the Patrick Williams tape. Obviously, with them getting rid of Thad Young, I was like, well, they're clearly – they're clearing the way for Patrick Williams to take over in that four spot. And I am not looking forward to having to go up against that guy four times season, but man, he, he's great. Uh, my favorite part about the DeRozan signing is going into San Antonio, DeMar DeRozan averaged 3.1 assists per game with Toronto. He has doubled that in his three years in San Antonio. He averaged 6.2 assists per game. The way he's grown as a distributor to kind of play that pseudo point guard position for them to distribute to Lonzo, who can also run the offense. I I love what that that starting five lineup's gonna look like. I think the projected five would be what? Lonzo, DeMar, Zach Levine, uh, Patrick Williams and Voos. That's that's awesome. <laughs> that is awesome.
2: Yeah, and that starting five, four of those five shoot shot last year, like over thirty seven percent from three, with Levine at thirty-eight, Lonzo at thirty seven, Williams at thirty nine, Fuchs at forty. All of them can shoot it. Now, we know DeRozan isn't a three-point shooter, but he is the best isolation player in the league. And I'm not just saying that. He's actually number one on the list of points per possession on isolation. The other 10 people in the top 10 of this list, listen to these names. Giannis, Harden, Luca, Lillard, Kyrie, Embiid, Paul George, Chris Paul, and Zion. And DeRozan is number one in the league. On points per possession uh, for ISOs, and that's that's because he's great at drawing fouls. That's a big part of it. He's able to get to the line and you know get the easy bucket there. I think he shoots around like eighty-five percent or so from the line. So that's just that's just easy money. But when you have a team full of you know full of three-point shooters, and then you have you know a bunch of people that can play make. Um, I mean, Zach Levine can lead the offense. You know, Lonzo can play make. Uh, you you know that Derozan can. I mean, I I love I love this team and I, I don't know. I I bought into the Derozan thing because uh, there was some murmurs that he might he might reunite in Detroit with uh, Dwayne Casey, and so I went back and I kind of you know fully bought in on the Derozan thing. And man, I, I I think it's great. Um, him with Lonzo. I, I mean, Sean said it. You know, I, I think Lonzo is probably the best attainable. Um, free agent in this in this year's class, I, I really do. Um, we already knew that he was a good defender. We already knew he was a good playmaker coming out of college, but he struggled shooting, and and he's become an excellent shooter. I mean, I, I would say he's you know well above league average in shooting, and and that's on high volume. Um, his only knock, I, I really do think his only knock right now is his you know he hasn't been staying fully healthy. I think he's, you know, he's playing about 50 games a season, but the Bulls have so much depth. I, I mean, honestly, they have so much depth in that in that front court and with playmakers that, when and if Lonzo gets hurt, you have Kobe White to step in there. You have Alex Crusoe to step in there. You know, you don't need to run, you know, all these guards at the same time because you have DeRozan that can also play make. So this team, this team is. Uh, is really well built. And when you look at some of those rosters that they rolled out, you know, what, a year and a half ago? Yeah. I mean, yeah. <laughs> it, it's it's a crazy transformation. It really is. It, it's a crazy transformation that they did it and that they kept some of the young pieces. People say, like, well, you know, DeRozan's a bit older. and They still have Kobe White. They still have, you know, Patrick Williams. They They, they didn't mortgage, you know, their future for this. Um, Zach Levine is, you know, he's still a young guy. Like, they they still have young pieces, and they have players that are, are ready to be good now. And it, it is, like, a perfectly built team, Yeah, Yeah, think it also
0: just became a whole lot easier to convince Zach Levine to stay when yes. that contract's up yeah. with, with those yeah. moves. So, yeah. I mean, yeah. it's just really a lot of complimentary moves by the Bulls. I asked the same thing I asked with Miami. Um, where do you guys see the Bulls? Within the Eastern Conference, I I would say just, I think their ceiling would be like a four or five, yeah. and I think their their floor, their ultimate floor would be play in tournament. I I just don't see a I don't see a scenario where this team is not, in some sort of playoff contention next season.
1: I I definitely agree with that. I think that you know I don't think they're better than you know, they're in that Brooklyn, Milwaukee, Philly group by any means. Miami. But I think when that next year, like I think I would take the Bulls roster. And maybe I'm crazy. Maybe this is me just being a super homer. I think I would take the Bulls roster as it is right now over the Hawks. Um, More, more shade
3: thrown in Atlanta every week.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Right on cue. But like I think they got this bum down there there. named Trey Young. He's a bum. like as far as like scoring options for the Hawks after you like you know I think the Bulls have more scoring options than them um I think that you know you could probably make the case that that's your four five this year I think they're both better than the Knicks Celtics that's the one where I'm kind of like back and forth because the Celtics free agency has been kind of terrible which you know you just (laughs) what what free
0: agency what exactly cancer yeah what free free agency from the Celtics I yeah. forgot all about them.
1: <laughs> Did you know they don't have a point guard right now? It's Peyton Pritchard.
0: Wow! You don't believe in Peyton Pritchard?
1: No,
2: I didn't at Oregon. <laughs> they they have a they have a backcourt. They're just playing in Madison Square Garden this year. Both of them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
1: so, I think four through six is fair. Um, yeah, I like that. I think I think they're in that Atlanta area. I think Indiana's going to be, be going to be better. So yeah, I think that's fair.
0: Yeah, I, I again I think the Bulls definitely a team on the rise, but let's go from a team that just signed a couple of former Lakers to the Lakers themselves. Uh, L.A. kind of made uh, some interesting signings, to say the least, to start off Regency. You see a bunch of one year deals, and this is of course after making the the trade for Russell Westbrook. They get Trevor Ariza, Wayne Ellington, Dwight Howard comes back, Kent Bazemore, and then you see Carmelo Anthony on the way. And then Tim, you called it, Malik Monk, he signs with the Lakers. Then they bring in Taylor Horton Tucker on a three-year, $32 million deal. And then they bring in Kendrick Nunn on a two-year deal with a player option after year one. The Lakers just kind of built a 2K team in like 16 hours. How, how are we feeling about that?
1: Well, I put the team together, and I sent it to you guys.
0: Yeah. <laughs>
1: yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um. You know, honestly, I know a lot of people are, like, laughing about the age of this, and rightfully so. It's pretty yeah. funny. Um, but, you know, all those guys you just named besides Dwight Howard. So Trevor Rees shot 35% from three. Kent Bazemore was pretty – I can – like, Kent was 40. Wayne Ellington was 42. Malik Monk was 40. Kremel was 41%. Like, uh, the thing I was saying to Sean last night and like, a, was just that, like, I feel like after the Russell Westbrook trade, everyone was like, well, there's their ceiling. Like, that's it. And, you know, what they did was they kind of did like the thing that Westbrook and LeBron really need the most is like spot up shooters. And so they went and got all those guys. Um, You know, I know a lot of people are like, yeah, well, defensively, they're going to suck. And they probably will. I mean, let's just kind of call it what it is. But I think like we've seen in the past, especially the year they won the title, you know, when LeBron wants to play defense, he's a really good defender. And we know Anthony Davis is obviously otherworldly defensively. So. I really don't necessarily worry about them there. I think they gotta be the favorite for the West. Um, especially with Kawhi being out for the time being. Mm-hmm. Um, I absolutely love what the Warriors have done. I think they've had a really good offseason too. Um, I I would probably put them as my second in the West right now, the you know, kind of looking at things, but um as far as the Lakers go, you know, getting Monk was I don't know if Monk's gonna get a lot of playing time. And I actually even mentioned Kendrick Nunn shot thirty eight percent on like six attempts a game last year. So You know, getting just some guys who can shoot for them was obviously really big. And I think that was kind of the big deciding factor for this. You know, I'm pretty sure once they traded Russ, like once they traded for Westbrook, it was like, all right, we better get some shooters around these guys. And they did just that.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I I think that, I think that you can find shooters, right? I think the Lakers are, are showing that you can find guys that shoot over 40%, over 35%. You could find those guys and, um, you know, you could find four spacers. They did a really good job of doing that. That's exactly what they needed to do. But it's not as easy to find someone that can just full-on carry the offense when LeBron is not out there or LeBron needs to take some plays off. And that's what Russell Westbrook does is is he can yes. fully, fully run an offense, say whatever you want. I mean, he can run an offense really well. And, you know, he can get production. And so, um, you know, I think that, they might not have got like one elite shooter in Buddy Heald. Um, they might've just gotten a bunch of good shooters. Um, but I do think that they probably got like an elite guy to to run an offense. And if they wouldn't have, they would have been looking at, you know, guys signing on minimums to run the offense. And And I don't even know who that is or what that looks like, but I, I think that that team would have a lower ceiling. So Uh, we look at every, you know, we take a step back, we look at everything and I think the rest thing makes a lot more sense. And, and this team is, you know, I think this this team is going to be in a good shot to, uh, to come out of the West. And, uh, yeah, I think Anthony Davis is going to probably have to play more of the five. Yeah. Um, he's gonna, he's just going to have to, this team's not going to be great defensively, like we said, and defensive players. I mean, there, there's the rare guys that are, um, you know, on-ball defenders that, that are guards. But, you know, defensive player of the years are typically big men. And and he's going to have to have a, a season like that, and he's going to have to kind of be their defensive anchor. So, um, you know, he's he's just going to have to play those crunch time minutes. But they'll be able to take a lot of time off. I mean, I think that with with this many people, I think they'll be able to kind of coast a, a little more than uh, than we thought.
1: Yeah, I think the biggest thing is going to be that, you know, the worry about Davis playing the five forever was, um, you know, when it comes to Jokic, it's like, well, he can play the five against everyone except for Jokic. And it's like, well, you know, now you have Dwight Howard back and Dwight Howard, obviously like in the, in the bubble, the only time that he played was against the Nuggets. And it was, you know, Hey man, make sure Nikola Jokic does not beat us. And he did a hell of a job with that. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I think that, you know, Dwight's the only non-shooter they didn't get and, uh, I think it's funny that all the guys they assigned, except for Monk and Nunn, are former Lakers. So, yeah, yeah it's pretty fun. I'm excited for that team.
2: Yeah, and they, I, they, have, they have playoff experience, too. Mm-hmm. Buddy Heald. All, all of them. Buddy Buddy Heald never played in a playoff game. I know Russell Westbrook's never won a title. You know, say what you want. But he's been in playoff games, he's been in he's the been, finals. Right. And, and, and so, like, does LeBron really want a guy that's never played one playoff game to be the guy cuz when lebron's off the court buddy heel's not running that offense
3: lebron in the the later years of his career he's in win now mode all the time so it's you know father time's catching up and i mean it's not like it's not like you know back in miami where you could have you know someone like mario Chalmers step in as a point guard you you have to have somebody and like you said Kyle for lebron to maybe take off some plays westbrook can do that he can go in there, he's going to be able to score. This isn't the old days where you could sacrifice, um, you know, you know, taking everything off and just carrying the load with three players like they did in Miami. Um, so I, I, I think the Westbrook thing, I think it's going to work out in the end. They did get some shooters, like you said. Um, you know, I'm, I'm personally very, very happy that Carmelo Anthony is on this team. Um, back uh, in 2004, um, LeBron actually came to my work for a a kind of a meet and greet. And um, there was a child that was there who asked him, you know, you know, if he went to college, where would you have went to college? And he said, the University of Cleveland Cavaliers and everybody laughed. And, and then he goes, no, he goes, he goes, I really, really wanted to play with Carmelo Anthony. If I went to college, that was who I wanted to play with. Um, So, you know, seeing this 17 years later, after him saying that, Um, I think that's just I think that's cool it's gonna it's gonna be really neat to see them together Um, at last in a full season of basketball and I love the Dwight signing Um, he's been in two NBA finals now so um, I'm I'm excited to see him roll and I think he's definitely going to be able to help um, do some dirty work that Anthony Davis isn't going to want to do when he needs to go out there and score
2: yeah I, I don't think that like LeBron AD Russ and Dwight is that far off from like a team USA roster, yeah, no,
1: but I, <laughs> I also think, feel I, like it's you, not I think too you far made off that, from. Could, yeah. <laughs> it could also, if it goes bad, could be a Kobe, Shaq, Malone, Peyton roster. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah,
3: yeah. That
1: too. The,
3: the swing
0: factor. The swing factor for this <laughs> Lakers team is all over the place. Um, I, I, I think the one thing that I actually like the most about this is that while yes, they've they've leaned towards these older veteran guys, they still made sure that they're, they're signing Malik Monk to a multi-year deal. They're signing Taylor Horton Tucker to a multi-year deal. They're signing Mm -hmm. Kendrick Nunn to a multi-year deal. They're making sure that there is some youth in this roster still as well. So that, I think that's why I find this so intriguing because it's like, all right, they have some young pieces too, that if this blows up, they still have something that they can work around. Now I'm not saying Malik Monk, Taylor Horton Tucker and Kendrick Nunn are, quarterstones by any means, but it's nice to see that there's a bit of a fallback for when this does end for the Lakers. And, of course, AD is still young as well, so he's always going to be the centerpiece of any Lakers team probably, what, at least the next half decade, I'd assume.
1: Yeah, I think he has a really big bounce back here, honestly. I think the 28% from three is really going to bother him from last season.
0: Yeah, and the only other thing I wanted to touch on, because everybody's got their, their worries about this Lakers defense – if there's any coach that I trust to get a team to play defense, it's Frank Vogel. I, I mean, he came in and completely changed the culture of that team defensively when he first when he first took the job, got him to a title. So, uh, yes, am I a bit of a uh, Vogel stand from his uh, early days with the Pacers? Of course, but dude got them to win a title. So I think I think the Lakers team is definitely one to watch. But from uh, from the Lakers, let's jump back. Back to the East Coast a little bit because another pretty big team made some interesting moves. Uh, the Knicks, they're running it back, it seems. They they brought back uh, – they brought Alec Burks, Nerla Joel, Derrick Rose, Taj Gibson, bringing them all back. Um, all of those guys except for Taj Gibson are on three-year deals. They had Evan Fournier to a four-year, $78 million deal. But guess what? There's a team option after the fourth year. And then they added Kimba Walker today. The Knicks, I find this so intriguing with these three-year deals because it almost appears that they're kind of buying into maybe we're not going to be the greatest team. We're we're not in a championship window. But in three years' time, that 2024 free agency class. <laughs> just saying. Carlos and Taos will be available. Do we think this is the Knicks starting a master plan this offseason or is it just the Knicks kind of over committing to a roster that overachieved last year.
1: How I don't think it's master plans we had hey, <laughs> <had a laughs> right. had that we have now.
0: That was what I was going
3: to ask. Yeah. Yeah. Everyone let's, been down this road a few times? Yeah. Let's
2: go ahead and Photoshop the, uh, the 2024 uh, free agency class on them now. Let's get it over with. Also,
1: money Bates is in there. You're like, wait, what?
2: Yeah, we can save it next to the Zion, Kevin Durant, <laughs> Kyrie Irving photo. <laughs>
1: The <laughs>
2: yeah look speaking of kevin durant they're not gonna they're not gonna control you know they're not gonna be the best basketball team i'll say in new york, new york for State, the next yeah. couple of years they're just not um i hope that they recognize that i hope they realize that um but i do think that they they will have fun playoff games at the garden and i hope they recognize that as well um and you know, I think that's that's probably what they're what they're doing right now. They're saying let's let's have some good playoff games, and you know, let's maybe see if someone gets hurt on the uh, on the other team and put together a pretty good roster. But I do think they position themselves well for for that 2024 free agency, like you're saying. Carl Anthony e. Towns makes a ton of sense, Joe. I, I I really like that name in particular. Yeah, he's got he's got the Kentucky ties, um, you know. So I think
0: he's an a Jersey yeah. kid too. So it it's yeah. just it there seems, you go. It seems too perfect.
2: Yeah, um, I think they always have it. I think that they always have a, a scheme going. Um, but I I do think that it's it's a good time to uh, to have some playoff games at the Garden. Yeah. Uh, honestly, that was like that was incredible to see Amazing. and so fun and, and good to have back. And uh, Tim, I feel like you've talked about it since the day I met you. How much you wanted to see Kemba play at Madison Square Gardens? Yeah, um, yeah. You know, so. I, I bet you're excited for that specifically.
1: I am, man, because it definitely gives you those 2011 Kemba Walker vibes. Um, I said something today. I was like, when I was thinking about it, all, I was like, can you imagine in 2011 as Derrick Rose is winning the MVP and Kemba Walker is t- leading UConn to the title? Someone being like, those two guys are going to be on the same team in 10 years. You'd be like, that's no way. just That's impossible. You yeah. know what I mean? And like, but uh, it's fun. Um, I've been pretty high on R.J. Bear for a long time. I thought, honestly, he was really good last year in stretches and to see him kind of get more consistent has been awesome under Tibbs. So, um, yeah, I think this team certainly, you know, you got to think, we just kind of talked about that, you know, that top five. I think they're right yeah. underneath that. I think the definitely yeah. could be like one of those lower seeds in the playoffs, at least in the play in. And like Kyle said, like they have playoff games at the garden. I was at the Garden for the Big East Tournament covering it, and just being in there and feeling like that vibe and atmosphere. there's just nothing like it, man,
2: yeah, but yeah. didn't we just see this team basically we did like, we just yeah. we just saw Kemba and Fournier in Boston, but instead yeah. of like r j and Randall, it was Tatum and Brown
0: maybe the, and that, I, mean, uh, the I don't know that, the argument that could be made for why this may work better in New York and I use better. In the sense that it looks a little bit more fluid than with Boston, is because they're not gonna have to worry about, well, we gotta make sure Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown are getting their touches in these clutch moments, or that we're running sets specifically for Jason Tatum. I think they're gonna be able to play a little bit more fluidly, like with more versatility than what they were yeah. given in Boston. Um, but I, I definitely think my my biggest takeaway, I think this is why I why I like the Bulls being back for lack of a better term. I just think the NBA is better when there are meaningful games being played in New York, in the Garden, and in the United Center. Those are two of the best basketball markets in the league. And we've been deprived of meaningful games. So it's just good to see the Knicks as well as the Bulls actually have some a competent culture starting to come back. And I, I think that I think that's why I'm just feeling good about what the
2: Knicks have done. There's just something different when the game is under the bright lights of Little Caesars Arena, you know? (laughs) (laughs) You know? He always finds a way. He always finds a way. The Goodyear blimp blimp (laughs) swirling around the smoothie center in New (laughs)
0: Orleans.
2: We went almost an hour without talking about Cade Cunningham. We had to bring the Pistons up. Do they play "Lose Yourself" during the pregame intros? <laughs> it's mostly Kid Rock, honestly. <laughs> I've been to the Lions Thanksgiving Day game like ten times, and Kid Rock's played like most of them. I don't know.
3: <laughs> he, he like
2: plays at halftime.
3: What does he? What does he walk out to? What does he? What is, like, what, what is like? What does he roll out with ball to ball or?
2: No, they have like hundred twenty yard like American flag that covers the whole field and end zones and people are just like eating turkey legs and it's just like (laughs) my name is (laughs) kid and it's like it's like
0: it's like 1230
2: on Thanksgiving and you're drunk and you're like all right sure (laughs) we're down by we're down by 35 to the backup quarterback all right enough
0: Kyle, you know, I think it's great that you brought that up because that sounds like an absolute dumpster fire. And that leads <laughs> really well into the next team that I wanted to bring up, a team that – That was man, an excellent
1: yeah, segue, by
3: going the way. James. Best segue. Best segue <laughs> ever, into, right there.
0: Going into the draft, a team that – Kyle, you and I, we talked about it on our, on our Trade React video between Memphis and New Orleans. We're like, man, New Orleans is really putting themselves in a great spot. One week later, uh-uh, uh-uh. L-L-L-T-K. L-L-L-T-K. They, have, they have. What happened?
2: Bum, bum, what happened, bum, bum. Kyle? I think they put all their all their eggs in the, uh, you know, in the Kyle Lowry basket, um, yeah. and, and it just didn't pan out. And now it's you know essentially they traded Lonzo in a first for Devontae Graham. Tomas Sanoransky and Garrett <laughs> Temple.
3: <Woo! laughs> and that's honestly, that's a tough beat. I love, I when love you
2: put it, when you put it that way, it feels <laughs> yeah. really bad.
0: Wait
2: a second. How Lon- do you explain that to fans? <laughs> Lonzo. Don't have Lonzo any. And the first round pick is like, like they were, they were getting first round picks for Anthony Davis. Like you lose your franchise player. But you're like, it's fine. We get first round picks. And then it's like, But we have to get rid of Eric Bledsoe because that was bad. And we have to get rid of Lonzo Ball and get Devontae Graham. So there's some of those. And it's just like, well, hold on. Like, all of a sudden, we're losing potentially Josh Hart. We're losing Lonzo Ball. We're losing first-round picks. And it's like, well, what do we have now? We have Ingram. And it's like, well, we just traded Anthony Davis for Ingram? It's like, okay. That's That's what
1: happened. They had the DeAndre Hunter pick. Literally. How great would DeAndre Hunter be for the Pelicans? To be fair,
0: to be fair. I like the Trey Murphy pick. So that makes the DeAndre Hunter feel a little worse, but I when your marquee free agent or offseason move so far is your first round draft pick for a team like New Orleans at least. That's yeah, that's two thumbs all the way down.
2: So I'm calling my shot here and we can go back and clip this when I'm absolutely right, but I think there's going to be a third player looped into the Memphis trade. Um mm-hmm. And I think that they're going to try and take back some salary. I think they want to be above the salary cap so that they can use, you know, that that full mid-level exception. They can use their biannual exception. And so I think they're going to try and get a player back. Um, But they have to find a guy that a team wants to dump for salary. Maybe Buddy Heald comes back. Um, You know, I don't know if that's, like, too much shooting with no defense between – between their draft pick between Devontae Graham and, and Buddy Heald. Uh, but I do think they try and get, like, one other player out of this that a team's trying to dump. Potentially they get a draft pick back. You know, maybe Sacramento attaches a draft pick to that. Maybe Sacramento moves, like, Harrison Barnes or something like that. You know, or, or, or someone just trying to shed a guy that, uh, that New Orleans feels like they can use now. But I, I, I do think that there's going to be some other piece there. But either way, man, I mean, they had potential to be this year's sons if they get, you know, if they get Lowry and, uh, you know, and, and some other small little pieces, I think they had potential to to make, like, a crazy run, you know, maybe not a finals run where, like, we think they're going to actually win the finals, but, like, yeah, I think they could make a, a legitimate run in the West.
0: A run that would that would make Zion Williamson not go... I don't think I'm going to resign here after my rookie contract's up.
2: Yeah, Garrett Temple just doesn't do it for me. So
1: this uh, um, this definitely feels like Frank Aquino is going to be signing with the Pelicans in the next few days. So. Oh, it oh.
2: does. Oh, oh, it does. You're spot Ooh. on with that, Tim. Spot they speak on. French down there. So <laughs> <laughs> uh,
0: to any to any Pelicans fan, all fifteen of you, I'm sorry that it's coming to this because
1: yeah. they have like no survival either. Because you know normally it'd be like, well, we have the Saints, and it's like. Oh, Jameis Winston's our quarterback. Mm. Oh, boy. Michael Thomas is hurt.
0: Tell Sometimes. me more about the Saints' struggles. That's music to my ears right there. <laughs> I love that one. But yeah, New Orleans is this, just I, – I can't believe it. <laughs> this,
3: this team is trash. Um, it, it's <laughs> –
0: <I, laughs> Um,
3: it's, it's complete trash. I don't know what they were doing here. Um, they went from having this promising roster, being able to, 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 you know, remove Anthony Davis and get all these assets back to having Brandon Ingram, um, who I'm not sure him and Zion are, you know, a great fit together at all. Um, and Tim said this to me privately several times that he thinks that Zion Williamson is going to be like the first, you know, rookie, contract guy to to man a trade and it could happen man like because i he has all the leeway here i i wouldn't want to be down there they're not doing anything to to help this team and then like a couple of two weeks ago jackson hayes has a bunch of crazy off you know stuff that's going on too so he's probably i couldn't see him playing this year with that so it's like you might lose another player um i don't like anybody on this team i don't like there's no makeup on it there's no consistency they got valanciunas um on the team now that's cool cool
2: you know yeah. what would really help this team is if instead of tomas sanaranski and Devonte graham they had like a like Alonzo Ball, Josh oh, Hart, yeah. Yeah, kind of like yeah. Eric Bledsoe backcourt instead. I think I think <laughs> yeah. that would really be better for them. So. That's,
0: that's really what's had me scratching my head this whole time with the Pelicans. It's like you—they knew they weren't going to get Lowry, so why were they so willing to be like, "Yep, all right, see Alonzo, uh, we're not getting our guy, but all hey, they, had they, they had to do was
3: go. match it." That's all yeah. they had to do, and, like, there were so many people that were like, there's no reason why they would just let Lonzo Ball go. Why would they let him go? You know, Bill Simmons was going on a big tirade about that the other day. Yeah. Why would you let him go? And it's like, but they did for some stupid reason. I don't
0: Especially know what it is.
1: since the Bulls made that deal at 6 o'clock. You had to think that, you know, since it was just not – it was just that's, so happened to fall in at 6 o'clock. They had to have time, right?
0: That's 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 well, what I'm saying. Or like, s- squeeze, them for,
2: squeeze them for better assets. Give me yeah. Kobe White back. Give me Laurie Martin. Like I need yeah. something. Yeah. I need yeah. something. There is no there's
3: not one asset there where you can just be like, oh, this was this was good. They got nothing back in this in this mm-hmm. return yeah. at all. And it was so,
1: a complete mess.
0: David Kyle, Griffin is truly taking L after L after L right now.
1: Yeah. yeah. Kyle said earlier they could have been this year's sons, and now it's like might they could potentially be this year's Rockets.
0: Mm. No, it's not that they could be this year's sons, they could be like three years ago's sons. That's what they're looking for. Yeah, the
2: like. right. <laughs> <laughs> Eric yeah, Bledsoe, I don't, right. don't want to be here tweeting things. Yeah, songs. yeah, that's going yeah. to be... Earl Watson wants to fight too- somebody. <laughs> yeah. Well, Eric Bledsoe did move off this team. Mm-hmm. This so. is true. This is true. That
0: does typically spell success. Yeah,
2: I, I, I'd say that they were the losers of free agency. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, God. Well, before we
0: get even more worked up about the New Orleans Pelicans than we already are. Let's, let's go – let's get back into happy thoughts. Let's let's talk about the Brooklyn Nets. Because Brooklyn, they kind of – they saw where they were struggling last season. They Depth, you know, and injuries. But depth really hurt them. And they've addressed that really well this offseason so far, adding Cam Thomas and Deron Sharp in the draft. They bring back Blake Griffin on a one-year deal. Ambrose Brown on a one-year deal. Shout out Pistons. Uh, James Johnson comes back on a one-year deal. And then possibly one of my favorite signings of the offseason so far, sneaky good, Patty Mills on a two-year $12 million deal with a player option after year one. And, and then just before we started, the Spencer Dinwiddie news broke, and they've created $11.5 million in a trade exception that they get to just spend on whatever. I mean, Brooklyn is—they're just gearing back up to to go right back into that fight for the number one seed in the East. I feel like
3: they're the favorites, yeah, <laughs> without a doubt. There's, there's—I yeah. uh, I agree with you on this, Joe. I think, I think, I think Patty Mills—he's uh, going to bring some experience on this team. I think this is going to yeah. be—I think he, like you said, he's—he's. He's, this is a sneaky good signing for them. It wasn't a whole lot of money there, so they and they got the—he's got the player option after the year, so. Um, If you're going to get rid of of Spencer Dinwiddie and get a trade exception, like you said, to spend it on anything, this was the best of moves for them. And also bringing back Blake Griffin, I think uh, uh, they're going to be an absolute beast next year.
1: There's one guy I really think they could use because they've got the cash now with the exception they made Mm -hmm. today. And we know that this team is also a dumpster fire that will never win. Yeah. If I were them, and he gets traded every year. So I would call Portland and be like, hey, we need to for sure up our defense. Can Covington. we take Robert Covington? Oh. Because Robert Covington next year will make twelve million nine hundred and seventy five thousand. So Ooh. they already have the million and a half. They're getting that at you know that trade exception Joe just mentioned. And they have the pieces where they can make something happen. Um I, you know, if you listen to the shows all year, you know that I was not shy about my feelings about the Brooklyn Nets by any means. But, you know, to tip their hat where credits do like what they did to make such a good bench to go around mm-hmm. those guys you know similar to what the lakers did but better um i love their two draft picks i love daron sharp to get yeah. him at that get him that value is spectacular and i you know i talked about lance i talked about thomas a lot about being a good fit for your teams that needed to shooter off the bench because everyone needs that in shooting end. i have not ruled out the thought process that jj
2: Redick will be a brooklyn net he's uh, a brooklyn guy yeah. yeah. That's where he lives. He he well, lived there when he played know, in Philly.
0: I think if we're talking about, you know, another guard they could add, with that exception, Reggie Jackson is still on the market.
2: Oh, coming yeah. Off an, coming yeah. off an
0: incredible postseason
2: run. Him, Blake, Bruce Brown, they have the Piston connection.
0: Yeah. There yeah. you go, Kyle.
2: That Pistons team is actually a championship team.
0: <laughs>
2: Kevin, Just <laughs> Kevin Durant, James Harden away. And Kyrie Irving. <laughs>
1: just so <laughs> close. <their best. laughs>
2: no, but... but actually this nets team has in my opinion clearly the best starting five and now i think they have the best bench in the nba I did too. somehow i it shouldn't even be possible but they do they have both um i i love everything about it honestly trading you know getting rid of Shamit, but getting uh patty mills and Dayron sharp i mean that's, <laughs> Could you ask that's for a better a, upgrade that's incredible. That's yeah. incredible. I don't know. Blake Griffin's already making 30 million. You know, he's still getting paid by the Pistons. So he said, you know what? I'm getting a $30 million paycheck this year. I'm good. Pay me the veteran minimum. Yeah. Um, I don't think Andre Drummond got the, got the, uh, you know, the memo that he was not getting 30 million a year. Cause he <laughs> signed for $1 million. <laughs> it's like, Oh yeah, I can just sign for the minimum. Someone else will pay me right No um but but, NFT
1: that for $50,000 you can get a you can design the shoe with them and the winning the top bid right now is $16 oh
2: yeah I I this Brooklyn team I mean I was very confident that they were the best team in the league last year they had some very very unfortunate injuries a very unfortunate toe on the line but this feels like their title to lose um and, and to be honest I think probably by by a decent amount too. As and I really like this Milwaukee team. I think the Nets are uh, are by far the best team.
1: I agree.
0: Yeah, um, I I'm really excited to see. I'm I'm just calling that we're probably going to see another Milwaukee Brooklyn playoff series next season, and I am already counting down the days for it. It's yeah. going to be awesome. Um,
1: Lakers Nets Christmas Day. Have we is that penciled in yet?
0: Oh. We could pin it in if you want, because I mean, let's be real, <laughs> if that yeah. if that doesn't happen. It's gonna be Laker, Lakers, Nets, or like, La- yeah. I mean, both gonna be playing on Christmas Day for. I a mean, you get, game for the first time in ten years. The yeah, Christmas
2: man. Day you get L A. versus New York. You get LeBron versus KD. You get Russ versus Harden, or and Russ versus KD. You get Kyrie versus LeBron. It it is like. And you get the best in the East versus the best in the West. It, it is like, it has to happen. I, I'm already looking forward to it.
0: Yeah. Well, there's only really one more team that I I wanted to briefly touch on before we kind of go into it, the extensions that we got for Trey Young, Shea, and Steph, and some other signings. But I just wanted to touch on Dallas real quick because they bring back Tim Hardaway Jr. four years, seventy two million. They bring back or they add Reggie Bullock for three years, thirty and a half. Bring Sterling Brown in. Of course, they agree to terms with the boy Bobon. Can't forget about Bobon. But it, it, the real reason why I bring them up is because it's starting to already get speculated talks of Goran Dragic getting bought out by Toronto. Um, obviously, there's the connections between Goran and Luka, both Slovenian, won the Eurobasket tournament back in 2017 together. Do we? Do you guys think that's, that's going to happen and that's a – that Dallas would be the preemptive favorite landing spot for Drogic. Yes. Yeah.
2: Yeah. I feel. I, I like feel it. confident. I feel confident that's going to happen. I, the fact that they've been so silent in, in all this free agency, especially with how heavy of a point guard, um, you know, market it's been, and we know that they need a secondary ball handler, and they've just been quiet, nothing. Um, I I think that they know and. Dragic said in an interview, um, you know, he just, I, I saw the tweet, um, and I, sorry, I don't remember who it was from, but he said, Hey, I, I haven't heard all the official news. I'm still waiting on word. I just need to tell my family what to do. Um, but I'm waiting cause I think that there's going to be a third team and that's, you know, Dragic, Dragic knows there's going to be a third team. He knows that he doesn't have to go house shopping in Toronto. So, um, yeah, I, I feel very confident he's going to be moved. And I think Dragic is one of the only people in the NBA, one of the only people in the NBA that can tell Luka what to do. Rick Carlisle, love him to death. I think he should be and is one of the most respected coaches in the NBA. I don't think that he had the voice to to tell Luka what to do. And, and it's not a knock on Rick Carlisle. I just don't think Luka was trying to hear it.
0: Yeah, I think that has to do with how Carlisle's coaching style evolved over the last decade in Dallas. He went from being kind of more of like a, I'm just going to tell it like it is 100% of the time, to then he kind of turned into more of like, he'll tell it like it is, but now he's like, hey man, like I realized I maybe worded that a little weird. And so I think to Luca he saw that more as, well, he's going to apologize to me anyway, so I'm just going to say to hell with it.
2: Yeah, (laughs) Um, and Luca's such an alpha that um, – I think it's tough for for anyone to say anything to him, but I think that Drogic has a very, very, very niche spot to where um, he can say those things. Yeah. So.
0: Because he's right now, he is the Slovenian basketball hero. You know what I yeah. mean? It's like it, that's. Uh, I, I think the fit next them playing next to each other would be really fun. I think that's actually the hinge factor for this Dallas team next season. Because right now, I, I would still say. I would put them finishing damn near the same where they finished last season. Maybe they eke out a first-round playoff win, but I don't see it. But if they had Dragic, I think that ceiling gets raised a little bit higher. I I think the West is still getting better across the board. But uh, if I'm a Dallas fan, I'm I'm basically searching Goran Dragic on Twitter, and I'm refreshing that search feed every 15 seconds at this point. Yeah. but yeah, those. I mean, those are really the main teams I I wanted to hit on. Any other teams that you guys have noticed that you've really liked what they've done so far, or th- anything that we haven't covered that has got you going? Yeah, I'm feeling good.
3: I'm I'm feeling good that the Boston Celtics suck.
0: Oh yeah, th- I mean that's always. <laughs> something to yeah, I
3: was gonna say um, from a personal standpoint.
1: Yeah. yeah. I thought with the momentum Orlando carried out of the draft, I was really excited for what they were doing. And then the only move they made was Robin Lopez, and it was like, damn!
0: It. Shout out Robin Lopez though; he gets to spend all day every day at Disney. It's like his That's, dream scenario. He owns land there. So <laughs> yeah, yeah, he's no one's a bigger winner than Robin Lopez. Let's make that absolutely clear. No state tax. <laughs> yeah, you get to
1: be at Disney every day.
0: This, you might even shoot. We might go. You might go to. This, galaxy's edge down there and it could be robin lopez in the chewbacca costume one day that's true (laughs) you don't know (laughs) shout out robin lopez the rock just ran jungle cruise
1: last week at disneyland so why not yeah
0: exactly uh wanted to give a shout out to pop and the spurs just because white boy summer is in full effect down in san antonio um, uh, Tuggy <laughs> McBuckets get in the bag. They bring in. On, who else did they get there? I, I have Jack Collins, Jack Collins, Chandler Hutchinson, Jock Landale, Chandler Hutchinson. I mean, they took Chet uh, Chet Hanks's words to heart. So shout out to to pop and the Spurs. Um, some other signings of note: Jared Allen going to Cleveland on a five-year, one hundred million dollar deal. Rashawn Holmes returning to Sacramento, four years, fifty-five million. Ah, uh, the news broke of John Collins going back to Atlanta today, five years, 125 million. Mike Conley going back to the Jazz, three years, 68 million. And then Spencer Dinwiddie just broke this evening, three years, 62 million, in a sign and trade to Washington. Any of those signings have you guys pressing the emergency button, or you know, feeling good for for any of those teams?
2: Yeah, I think it's worth noting that Washington turned the John Wall albatross contract into russell westbrook which they turned into the 22nd pick kuzma kcp dinwiddie now they turned an immovable contract into actual pieces um and kudos to them honestly the burton's contract still sucks um i think that's what it would look like if you paid lori Markin in a bunch i think it would just look like the davis burton's thing absolutely uh, and so, kudos to the Bulls also for not doing that. But honestly, probably John Wall's still probably sitting on the worst contract in the league, and uh, and the Wizards are off of it and in a better chance to either move some of those pieces and assets to try and find something else to keep Bradley Beal, or they're at a place where they can now pivot. Um, you know, in the middle of the season this year. Or uh, or next summer, when and if Bradley Beale leaves. So I think I think the Dinwiddie the Dinwiddie uh thing is is a big deal because of where they are as a franchise as far as their cap sheet goes. They're just in a better spot with more flexibility and move forward and that's that's a good thing. The
1: uh, the details of this trade with like all these five teams that are now involved. You know that episode of the league where like it yeah. accidentally auto drafted? And then, like they did, like the full league trade.
2: Yeah. <laughs> that's what this feels like. Yeah,
0: yeah. Or just that that gift from The Hangover, where it's just the <laughs> the numbers flying across the screen with the arithmetic. I think that's what you said to the to our yeah. Kind of chat. <laughs> <I> definitely... <laughs> yeah, that that's what that feels like. I don't it, know, it, it looks. Yeah. Oh god, Kyle.
2: It looks like me on the trading machine at like one <laughs> thirty in the morning, and I'm like, okay, I need a fifth team in here. Hold on. Let's see. Let's see. If I get Washington in here, they can take Kuzma. Hold on. Son and Shrey. And it's just like it's this crazy, crazy trade machine. We'd say all uh, this, sure. so
1: like, Sean figured out the salary cap in 2K, and he would make all these trades and it will be like hey man i'm playing with the bulls and i have lebron carmelo the rosen it's like 2013 so it's like oh you guys won 82 and 0 congratulations
2: you gotta watch sean on 2k honestly yeah. <laughs> that guy's a little sneaky so yeah. <laughs> 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 oh God.
0: all right well uh, sean any of the signings that you wanted to note or um um
2: then, i yeah. well
3: I- I will say this. I do. I do like. Uh, it, it is kind of, It is a high contract. But Jared Allen going back to Cleveland, going back to that one. I think that's. Uh, I think it's important to uh, to get that with their newest draft pick coming in. Um, someone who's going to be able to just defend, and yeah. uh, actually be able to, you know. <sighs> do do the dirty work in cleveland i hate the cleveland cavaliers team makeup right now however them being able to get uh Emin mobley just huge huge for them so i think uh it'll be interesting to see what happens i don't think jared allen's gonna finish out that contract in cleveland or anything but i do i do like them locking him up it was a lot of money to spend though yep
0: yeah. um i think I, I, oh go ahead Kyle.
2: I, I think 20 million dollars for and, and i know it's not a championship windows but five years is is a pretty long time and I just think $20 million for a guy that's not going to be the third best guy, fourth best guy, yeah. fifth best guy. You just – you don't see it. If you go back and you look at all the teams that have been in the NBA finals, they just don't pay guys over $20 million or at $20 million unless they are the best guys. Last year it was True Holiday, Chris Middleton, Giannis, um, Chris Paul, and Devin Booker were the only guys making twenty million dollars or more, and I, I just don't see Jared Allen being anywhere near there. I think that the Cavs are definitely not at a spot where they're, you know, where they're competing for a title. So I get it. I also know the salary cap is going up, and so by the end of his contract, it's it's going to look a lot better. Um, but I do think it was a bit on the high side.
3: It's it it is a bit on the high side. I agree with you on that. It's like yeah. they still have. Kevin love hanging out there, um, you know, which, which we all forgot. Just, just chilling, just chilling, chilling. literally chilling. It's going to be interesting to see what happens with him. If there's going to be a future buyout for, for Kevin love, there's, there's so many players like that, that I, you know, that are kind of hanging out in the league that have just really bad contracts Um, that, you know, Kevin love in particular, he's just not providing anything and he's just stranded in Cleveland. And I, and I feel for him because, you know uh him being added to that championship roster a couple years ago he's just part of this like musty old team that he's just like the last remnant of that squad just hanging yeah. out there who doesn't want to be there anymore i don't think he's very interested in basketball
0: anymore like
2: he's I love
0: have... kevin love is 100 100 on the keep getting them checks all-stars yes a <laughs> doubt absolutely out of doubt
2: he's the phantom of the q Arena, you know, he's like living in the arena, haunting it. <laughs> <laughs> we let him this nah, Just
0: Kevin going to the concession stand again mid game. Yeah.
1: <laughs> when he does eventually get bought out, the Warriors cite him to come off their bench. And we're all gonna go, motherfucker, he's good yeah. at basketball again. Yeah,
0: yeah. oh yeah. Well, being in the Warriors, let's get into just the three other extensions that we haven't hit on. Um, I know it's basic stuff, but Steph Curry signs the four year 215 million max extension. Shea Gilchick's Alexander, after the Thunder shopping him in literally every and all (laughs) trade possibilities, they gave him a five year 172 million max extension. And Trey Young, he gets a five year 172 million max extension. But because he's on that 30% escalator clause, that means it can be pushed to a 207 million extension if he gets voted onto one of the three All NBA teams over the next five years. Yeah, that's going to happen. I think the Shea one is obviously the head scratcher because. OKC has been trying to ship him off. But um, the other two, have I mean, I don't think there's anything too off kilter there. I think these were pretty much pretty expected for both guys.
2: Yeah, I agree. I, I think you probably have to do the Shea one. Um, yeah. But I think that's why they wanted to ship him off is because I think they wanted like Cade, for example. They wanted Cade to try and be Shea, but on a $10 million rookie deal instead yeah. of the instead of the thirty million. And so I think that's that's why they do it. But uh I, well,
0: mean, I mean they I, don't think I, Josh Giddy, the great Josh Giddy is it could be their could be their guy.
2: He he ain't worth two nickels rubbing together in my opinion, but well he I can mean, pass yeah.
0: though. He can pass.
2: Yeah. I'm, don't forget that. I'll pass I'll pass. How about that? How about I pass? Um <laughs> my the only only stat is uh is Steph Curry is gonna make three times what every WNBA team makes in a year. (laughs) All the WNBA teams combined make $17 million a year, and he's going to make three times that in a single year.
0: Yeah, that needs to be fixed. (laughs) (laughs) That feels bad, but... It needs to be fixed like yesterday. Yeah. Uh,
2: But you pay those guys.
0: Yeah, it's It's crazy. I, I think I read, wasn't it, Steph is the first player to... To sign a second max extension with the same team or something like that, yeah, uh, it's insane. Steph's is there anyone be... that's
1: not excited about the Warriors? Because I feel like everyone's excited about the Warriors. I, they're, I mean, like, they're
2: like they're like number team. two in the West to me, man. They're, they're the I'm... team that like
0: we, Kyle and I. We've been we watched a bulk of the playoffs with our buddy Steve, who's just getting into the NBA, and like the whole time we've been explaining to him like next season Clay Thompson's back. Oh yeah, Clay Thompson's back. He goes, "Why is that so great?" And I said. You'll find out. <laughs> You'll find out. Uh, well, before we wrap up, I uh, figured we'll just touch on – I mean, there's a dr- notable drop-off of free agents that are still left, but the top five I'm seeing that are still available are Kawhi Leonard, Dennis Schroeder, Kelly Oubre Jr., Reggie Jackson, and Lori Markkinen. Do we think Kawhi resigns with the Clippers? I've heard some rumblings about Dallas. Nothing crazy, but do we think he's gone, or is he is he coming back?
3: No. He's back. Yeah. He's just he's just he's just jerking everybody's chain right now.
0: Yeah, being kawaii about it. Being kawaii. Uh, ah, there we go. Uh, <laughs> I like it. <laughs> um now and then, TikTok clip this week. Jesus Christ. <laughs> <laughs> and then last thing, Summer League. Starts on Sunday. The all important summer league. Who you got? Who you got? Who y'all rolling with? Let's hear it.
2: The Pistons, obviously. They're 10-1 to favorites to win. The only team that has better odds is the Trailblazers, and that's because they're running out a big three team. (laughs) Um, It looks like Ice Cube should be sitting courtside for these (laughs) Trailblazer teams. They might as well have Kendrick Perkins and Richard Jefferson play, uh, because I don't even understand how these guys are eligible to to play, to be honest. Is this
3: the team with Kenneth Farid on it? Oh yeah. Yes. Okay. 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 Uh, yeah. I I wasn't sure which team that was that I saw. I was just kind of like, okay, sure, whatever.
2: So. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. It's like Kenneth Fareed and Nas Reed <laughs> or, or Nas, Nas Little. I mean, and I'm just like,
1: little. what? I saw the Bulls. Read. The Bulls have Pat Williams listed on their summer league roster. I was like, oh, so he'll play a game. No game. He'll, yeah. 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 And I so was no, uh,
0: not expecting summer league greatness from the Bulls. No.
1: They've already won it. We've got enough Summer League rings, you know.
0: Hey, I understand. I understand.
1: <laughs> but uh actually I'm excited about the Cavs Summer League roster. Um they have Trayvon Blue on that roster who Yeah, I will die on the hill that Trayvon Blue could definitely be on an NBA bench. Um and Evan Mobley also playing there, so he's must watch for me. Um, you know, as much as I love Cade, he's definitely up there with me, my favorite players in the draft. I love Mobley, so I'll definitely keep an eye on him. And it's hard for me, of all people, to say I'm excited about a USC player. So for me to say that, it's a lot.
0: High praise. High praise for Evan Mobley. Sean, any, any Summer League rosters that have you it, just reared and ready to go? I'm, I'll am i
3: be honest with you. The last couple years, I haven't been as into Summer League. Oh, the Bulls, fair. The Bulls won a couple years ago with Denzel Valentine. Uh, locking it up that Jerry was a lot of fun. High, highlight of his highlight of his entire career was winning that. So uh I'm not a big summer league. I am interested to see the Cavs. Uh I want to see Evan Mobley and obviously I am excited to see Cade Cunningham get out there and uh enroll yeah. I, I I rolled him out in a 2K21. Um they they released his his player this last week on my team and enrolled out his? And
2: does he have like an overall rating? He's What's a 99
3: his... overall. It's a it's oh, a, that's fair. That's yeah. how I put him. So <laughs> yeah, he's he's, he's, he's yeah. his his player <laughs> model is just a complete beast. He just just trucks down the floor and dunks and shoots threes. He's built he's,
1: like Penny Hardaway, and he's built
3: well. He's yeah. built bigger. He's actually built kind of more like a LeBron in the game. So um, I, gotcha. I was I was I'm very excited to see him roll out. I think I think he's going to be a lot of fun. I'm excited for your Pistons. I, I rarely ever say that just because uh, we got beef, but, um, <laughs> we got beef goes way back. Um, but I, I, am I'm, I'm happy for, I'm happy for them. I'm, I'm happy for your Pacers, Joe. I think, I think, I think the East is, is just a little bit more fun this year. Yeah. Um, I, I'm, I'm, I'm actually really excited about the NBA again right now. It's been, uh, I, the last couple of seasons have been kind of rough being a bulls fan when your favorite team is out of the loop, um, for so long, you, you, just, it's it's just tough to see other teams go out there and win, and it's like we got to add something, man. So I'm I'm excited that you know all these teams are getting better. I think it's good for the league, uh, and I think we're gonna have just a really really interesting fun season.
0: I think we're all I the four of us collectively are very lucky that we root for teams that are in probably what's going to be, if not this season, in the future the best division in basketball in the Central Division. I I I, like I that. am so convinced. Um,
1: our other I, bench mob guys, too. So Josh Hayes is a Bulls fan and Ben's a yes. Pacers fan. So it's like yes. we're all central division guys. Yeah, it, it's it,
0: there's just going to be a lot of great basketball coming out of this division. But uh, as far as my summer league, Preds, I, I'm rolling with Kyle's Pistons. I'm, I'm excited to see Cade. Um, as much as I am very stoked to see Chris Duarte Um, play and Cassius Stanley get some minutes for the Pacers this summer league. Um, I I don't think they're going to be doing, I don't think they're going to be making a whole heck of a lot of noise. I I think the Pistons rolling, basically their starting five almost, uh, is going to be very fun to watch. Um, And I know that's going to be, that's going to be our episode next week. We're going to do some summer league, uh, some notes and stuff, but, but you guys, what's Bench Bob going to be up to? Um,
1: We're taking a little bit of a vacation.
0: Right hey
2: on. we're going Very fishing nice. the, su- Very nice. the summer Very league nice. summer break i yeah. love it
1: yeah Let's as you go. know well deserved. We, uh, well we worked deserved. really hard throughout you know the bubble basketball and um so before we kind of get crazy and get into everything i'm gonna i know we're, we're planning I, I i can't speak for ben and josh they might want to do something but i know sean and i were looking forward to kind of just taking a couple weeks to breathe and get ready you know at the end of august and get back into gear so
2: nice.
3: excited again You guys got to get
2: ready, because when when the season starts, I mean, Pistons, we're taking the Central. You guys got so scared of us, you guys had to go out and get (laughs) Alonzo and DeRozan. It's true. It's true. We had to get Caruso to make sure he guards don't,
0: I don't know what you guys are talking about. Slick Rick is back in the division, baby. He's coming for the throne, so it's time.
2: The Bulls just got got DeRozan, who I've always referred to as Michael Jordan without a gambling problem, (laughs) and... uh, (laughs) Now, now they have both now they have both Michael Jordan and Michael Jordan without a gambling problem. So, so that's good. <laughs> I will never
1: forget. I was sitting at my house just laughing so hard. I was like crying. Kyle sent this tweet out and it's after the first weekend of the Last Dance. And it says, "Wait a second. DeMar DeRozan got a 10 part documentary and a shoe deal?" I <laughs> was rolling.
0: All right, on that bombshell, (laughs) I think we're going to wrap this up. If you are still listening, please, 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 I hope you're still listening by any means. Make sure, leave us a review, give us a five-star, follow us, subscribe to us wherever you listen to your podcasts. It is the off-season, but we're still going to have content coming out. I mentioned it at the top of the show. Sub to the YouTube. Sub to the TikTok account, at 48 Minutes Network. It doesn't make sense to Sean and Tim, but it'll make sense to me and Kyle. I promise. Um, We're the old guys, obviously. Follow us on (sighs) Twitter. Until next time, we will see you guys later. Thanks, guys. Yeah. Thanks for listening to Shot Callers. Make sure to subscribe to the 48 Minutes Network wherever you're listening to your podcasts. And leave us a review if you like what you're hearing. Also, be sure to give us a follow on Twitter over at 48 Minutes Network. I'm gonna stop
3: and give you all the love I
2: got and show you life.